It's a good um, way to start ready. it. Oh, ready. Hey, hey, hey. It's, it's Monday this it's time. It's Monday. So we're actually But not... it's Sunday. It's but Sunday. you might be listening to it. Yeah. But it's Monday this time when we record instead of our usual Thursday. So I'm actually not so tired and beaten down by the week yet that I have energy. I don't. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need a weekend for my weekend. Yeah, you had a busy one. I This weekend was so good Can for that, me. I... Uh, we're recording a podcast. This is Los Angeles. Relax, Los Angeles. This is inconsiderate. Someone like might be in severe danger. <laughs> I'm just I'm saying. sure, yeah, there's sirens. I'm sure someone is in danger. Well, but like, you know how sometimes it's just like, I've fallen and I can't get up, you know, kind of a situation? Like, you're not in severe danger, but you need medical help. You don't feel bad for the old person. No, on the floor. I do. <laughs> it's just like. You know, it's not like they're on fire. There's I different know, levels know. of emergency, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Need a weekend for my weekend. Sirens are gone now. Yeah. Mel has energy, though, so she's going to carry because this. Because all I did was sleep this entire weekend. Sounds it was nice. amazing. I slept and I did chores, and I just Ooh. needed it in my soul. She did it, too. That's okay. Um, that happens. We're so very excited. Woo! Um, should we just roll right into... Let's do it. Our stuff. You want to start? Tweet. Start with your Do you have tweet. one tweet. I have one tweet. Okay, my tweet is from Emmy Am Hartman. Emmy Am. I can't say it. Emmy Emmy M. Hello. <laughs> Emmy M. Hartman. Um, she. Ca- it's just a screenshot of a text from her mom. She said, "Someone help my mom." And the text from her mom says, oh, "I saw this. <laughs> you happen to be coming home tonight? Did you see Niall on SNL? I love his second song. I think he's underrated. I choose him over Harry Styles any day. I'm still hoping you'll marry him someday because I really like him. Send me a picture of you." <laughs> and I just feel like that's such a mom tweet. Like I think most moms would choose Niall over any of them. <laughs> Maybe my mom would literally on no planet ever send me a text message like that, which is personally oh why I really enjoy that entire thing. I thought it was so funny. I it's it feels like a, a mythical thing to me that moms like that exist that are like my mom has sent mom, me that exact text, Your mom for sure is that person. My mom is so <laughs> not and it's so funny. What's um, your tweet? My tweet I kind of have two tweets, but one doesn't really count, so I'm just going to... All right, the one that doesn't count is literally just open bar or no wedding, and I like that it's straight to the point because fuck that. Have an open bar at your wedding or don't get married. (laughs) Uh, That's all. It's all about me and my ability to drink for free. Um, Okay, and my second tweet is by Mom Jeans, please. And the tweet is, I forgot to move the damn elf last night. And when the kids asked about it, I panicked and said she died. Things are now much worse. Oh, no. (laughs) And I just thought, you know, in the holiday spirit, with this being our last uh, podcast before we leave for the holidays, that an elf on the shelf tweet was not only necessary, but important. I don't even know. That didn't make any sense. I, uh, I never had an elf on the shelf. I did, and... They're very creepy in theory. I didn't actually even know they existed until probably, like, high school when I saw a commercial for one. I didn't know yeah, it was a thing. I don't... It's like... Is it not terrifying that a little tiny person gets up and walks around your house in the middle of the <laughs> night and just goes to a different location? Like, why... <laughs> is that the concept? It moves every day? It, it moves to a new spot and you have to find it. But I, as a child, was always like... This is weird. So this little doll is supposedly coming to life in our house at night. Hello. That was entirely on accident. But that scared me. It scared me too. Um, but I, I was always that kid that was very skeptical. Shocking. So like I half believed in that stuff, half didn't. So sometimes yeah. I would just literally stare at it and be like, "You're not alive. Are you alive? Like blink if you're alive. Like I would literally blink just look at it." Alive. And um, I'm, I was very happy when that trend ended in my household because it really freaked me out. So That's fair. Anyways. Songs? Uh, yeah, songs. You want to go with your first one? Yes. Um, my song of the week, put it 10,000 points higher than my second song, is <laughs> To Be So Lonely by Harry Styles. I'm fucking obsessed with this song. <laughs> I... I love it. First of all, the entire album. I'll let you talk about it because it's it's really your lane. (laughs) We're turning this into a music review podcast. It's your lane more than mine. I love every single song on this album. Mine is kind of treat people with kindness. Like, I have to be in the mood for that one. Everyone get absolutely fuck off. That's such a good song. (laughs) I like it, but it's just not like my top, you know, my That's fine. 
Um, <laughs> to be so lonely, I don't know, it just calls to me like, don't call me baby again. Oh, I just love it. I love it so much. I love that because that was my second. I claimed Sunflower in that one, like before I knew what they were even called. Really? And Sunflower is like, I love oh, it so, so much. Good. But I didn't love to be so lonely at first. And I was like, dang, okay, I'll just claim Sunflower. But then it's totally turned around and grown on me. Yeah. And I'm, I claimed the right ones. Oh, yeah. At first, listen, I was like all about she. And now I'm just to be so lonely. And Cherry is my other one. Mm-hmm. I just, I like them all, really. And Canyon Moon. And I am Golden. <laughs> <laughs> There's not one. It's so weird that his album came out. And instantly I was like, I hate all the singles. They are trash compared to the rest of the album. Not trash, I'm sorry. I mean, but they're still so good. They're so really good. But like this, the actual like other content of the album outside yeah. of the singles, I like every single one I of I think those he songs. was, those were the three correct ones to release a single. 1,000%. But now I'm like, Swift. yeah. But now I'm like, lights up. Like, yes, but shh, not now. <laughs> you had your moment and you need to be quiet. I did. I, like literally everyone who texted me this week... Yeah, everyone who texted me this week, without me prompting them, being like, oh my god, Harry's album is so good. Have you listened to it? Well, I, who actually, said have you I was going to say, it? no one said, have who? you listened to it? But oh, so many people text me being like, oh, I listened to it. It's so good, blah, blah, blah. And then Nick, um, my friend Nick picked Kristen and I up from his concert. Thank you so much, Nick. Um, and he was like, I just started listening to it, and it's actually, like, good. I was like, dude, my heart. It's like, it's like my album. A hundred percent. And like to give context to this for you, our listeners, I'm not like, like we've made it clear on this podcast before that Megan loves Harry Styles and like would die for Harry Styles. I am not at all that person. Like I like him, but I was never like a big One Direction girl or anything. So I have a completely unbiased opinion on this album and I fucking love it. Watch it be in my 2020 Spotify wrapped. I'm oh, ready. Yes. I'm so ready. <laughs> We're already preparing. I'm so focused on that right now. Like, I'm That's only going to think about that for, like, the next three months. And I hope Harry gets a top five spot. I Oof. think he will. He will, I'm sure. He definitely will. He's earned it. Um, He got my number one song of the decade. I think we mentioned that. Which is Wasn't it just lights absurd. Up? It was Lights Up. Which is crazy because that came out in, what, October? Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Go off, Megan. Um. Okay, my first song is Put a Little Love on Me by Niall Horan. Um... It is so good, and I watched him on SNL this weekend, and it, and it like, elevated it for me even more. It's already a good song, and then him performing it live, I was, like, literally that, and then he posted after the performance, like, these really good pictures, and Kristen and I were like, okay, we're buying tickets. Like, we bought tickets to the tour. We're going to. You should come. <laughs> I, I will. Um, he's very likable, I will say. He's the freaking best. Um, I would also probably die for Niall. <laughs> What? Yeah, no, I would. Um, my <laughs> second song, let's see. I was just going to go off of like what you didn't mention. <laughs> you mentioned Golden Ch- Cherry's so freaking good. I love Cherry. Um, <laughs> I love when she does that. Um, I love Falling. Oh, yeah. So much. Good. And Sunflower. So good. So much. <laughs> And we haven't mentioned Fine Line yet, which is... Fine Line is the perfect closer. Oh my god, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> I, I, the first time I listened to it, I was like, I can quite literally picture myself at a concert and this being like the, the closing song of yeah. the concert, like the encore or whatever it is. And like, I would be crying. He did, um, so I went, for the listeners, I went to his album release concert thing at the Forum this past weekend, and he played the songs in order. So Golden was the opener, which was... Which, smart, yeah, wow. And then Fine Line was the closer, and Fine Line was so good. It wasn't the encore, but it was, like, the closer. Did he do an encore? Yeah, he did. So he closed with that, he played the whole album through, like, in order, Mm -hmm. and then his encore was Sign of the Times. Oh, um, love. Wonderful Christmas Time. Simply oh, okay, not a Harry Styles song, time. but okay. No, he was like, it's Christmas, let's do this. He sang <laughs> Landslide with Stevie Nicks, and he sang... <gasps> what? Yeah. Wow, my soul just came out <laughs> of my body. My soul literally just lifted out of my body and flew out of the room. Um. Wow. Sang Landslide with Stevie Nicks, and he sang Kiwi, which is, uh, like, that's always the closer. Is it's... Kiwi... I'm having my baby. Yeah. It's none of your business. That one. <laughs> 
That song is very angry and I like it. It's I like it for Harry Styles. Live, Kristen was saying like, oh, I, I liked it, but it was never my favorite. Live, it is like, uh, it's truly like a religious experience. I'm sure. It, when are the tickets for his tour already on sale? Yeah. I have an extra ticket. Do you really? I do, actually. Let's talk after this. Okay. <laughs> I've been trying to sell it, so this works out. Let's chat, because my bank account is full right now, and I'm trying to blow it. Anyways, all you guys need to know, basically, for my song choice is, well, Sunflower's a bop. If you like Vampire Weekend, you like Sunflower, it's a given. Falling, uh, my Soul Cycle instructor played as the cooldown song, and I, I actually, like, <laughs> was, like, crying during the cooldown. I was like... <laughs> Yeah, wow. So just good. It so yeah, go listen to that. And I have to stop talking about him now. Yeah, I honestly keep talking about it. I'll just tell it a totally unrelated story because I think it's funny and I I just really needed this today. Today this um one of the clients came into my office and it was like this younger guy who I was like, Oh, he's kinda hot, even though the top of his hair was dyed pink and that's really not my vibe. (laughs) But I was like, Okay, if the top of your hair wasn't dyed pink, like I'd be into it. And he told, he asked me like who I usually, people think I usually look like and I don't even know what I said, but he was like, you really look like Scarlett Johansson. Oh, and I just saw your style. after so many months of being told I look like Anna Kendrick, like I needed that <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? I was That's like, so funny. I was like, wow, I really, <laughs> really needed that shit. Thank you. He was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and I don't think he even really knew how much I needed that to counter out months of just Anna Kendrick. I see it. I Not like that. Not that Anna Kendrick is like, you know, ugly or anything, but I just, I, she's just punchable. You know? I know you agree with me because you went off about it that I one also time. I can't talk about her right now because I won't stop talking about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, anyways, I just thought that was funny. And I was like, I don't think That's that funny. dude really knew how much I needed that in my soul. Say something nice to someone today. Yeah. Anyways, thanks thanks to that man. Thank, Thank you, you to, to that, that man. man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this thing. So today we are going to be talking about getting a job, which is Ooh. at first glance very stressful and overwhelming. But <laughs> luckily we have lots of tips and lots of thoughts, um, and hopefully we'll just continue to garner more experience with that as our own careers progress. But right now at 22, we have some thoughts, and we're very excited to share them with you. So we kind of just want to kick this off by talking about how to look for jobs because I think when you first start the job hunt, you A, it's very overwhelming and you have no Mm -hmm. idea where to look and B, I know I spent so much time like putting my resources, i.e. time and energy and whatever into avenues that just aren't as effective. Like just mass applying is just not the way to go about it, I think ever. Um, So let's chat about that. Yeah, Um, I think specifically, quick note, just because I'm thinking of it from like a senior in college standpoint, Mm -hmm. um, you really should not start applying till like, yeah, till, God, I mean, let's say you graduate mid-May, I wouldn't start applying till like mid-April or beginning of April. I started applying sooner. I get that. That sounds super late. But I would say realistically, beginning of April at the earliest. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do anything before that, make it networking. 100% um, agree. Because if you apply to something in January, even if they love you, they want you then. Like, no one's putting up a listing for a job six months before they meet someone. Yeah. And there are obviously, like, those rare situations where like I know in accounting like they kind of yeah. have programs that they feed right. into if and that's those your career people might path. right but like if you're going for a job in marketing and you apply in January they're yeah. gonna be like uh okay sorry we we need someone like in two weeks right like anything so, that isn't a set like recruiting timeline like yeah. I, like engineering or accounting or anything like that mm-hmm. any type of normal just like applying for a job job right yeah <laughs> They, they basically need it, like, immediately. Yeah. And I think that's very important. A little anecdotal thing yeah. for that is my big, who is who got amazing grades and, like, did tons of stuff in college, started applying to jobs, I guess, in probably, like, January. And by March, she was, like, having a fucking mental breakdown because she wasn't hearing back from anything. And she was like, I'm never going to get a job. Like, I failed, da 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 Bitch works at Google. So all I'm trying to say is like plenty of good job offers. Yeah, had more than enough job offers, but didn't lock down Google until like the week she was graduating. And that's Mm -hmm. just kind of how it works. Like 
Yeah. They don't want you to be applying in January <laughs> for most places because they don't, they need you now. It's you. It's no yeah. good for them to like waste an interview on you when you're going to be like, yeah, sorry, I can't start working till June. So yeah. if you are a senior in college, even if you're not um, and you're employed somewhere and you're not prepared to, you know, be at a new job yeah. in the next month, I don't really know. You know, you shouldn't be expecting that like you're going to have all this time to. Yeah. And these around. are also pretty, um, these are for like, I would say this advice is for like 20 year old, you know, that's what your twenties are for like 20 year old jobs, like kind yeah. of entry level Absolutely. and like mid level, because of course, once you start getting higher, you have the, like, you typically, I would say have the like luxury of maybe being like, okay, I'm leaving this job to come join you guys. Cause mm-hmm. you recruited me. Give me like two months vacation in between. Right. You can say stuff yeah. like that. You that is more, not the situation power. right now. No, no, no. <laughs> we are at the bottom of the food chain, mm-hmm. us 20 somethings. And we own that spot interns, with though. pride above the interns. Sometimes. Yes. Very true. Um, so outside of that, I think Megan yeah, yeah. made a really good point as far as like networking being the most valuable thing you can do. Cause blasting your resume out online to online applications is fake news it it, it doesn't work and I actually was talking to my dad about this the other day and he was like I think that a lot of companies have to meet like some sort of quota where they have to post the jobs on like LinkedIn and a certain number of job sites just to get enough traction but they don't necessarily keep those postings updated like odds are if you're looking at like a job at a big company on LinkedIn that's been up for two weeks, like they are already interviewing people and bringing candidates in. Like there's not even, you can apply to it. It doesn't hurt. But like if it's going to be a thing where you have to rewrite your entire resume and cover letter for this job, maybe don't because they're within two days. Like they've got plenty yeah. of applicants. The T is as well. At. Your dad is on something actually because um, legally jobs, companies have to post jobs online for, I believe it's five days. Mm-hmm. Typically they already have someone. Yeah. They just legally have to post the job. Yeah. Um, and you might be wondering, that's not fair. What the heck? And totally, I get what you're saying, but think about it. I get, I get it. Believe me, I get it. But think about it. If you... We're looking for someone to help you with something and you had a couple of friends or acquaintances that you knew were pretty cool. You know, you get along with someone had someone's vouched for them. You know, they're a good person, right? They're pretty competent. And then you also get like some randoms emailing you their resumes. Like, who are you going to go for? Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of like the harsh reality of it. And so then you think, okay, well, I don't know anyone. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Talk to people. <laughs> start. Network. Yeah. Start Literally reach out to people on LinkedIn. Go to your career mm-hmm. career center at your school. Talk to friends. There are so many avenues of meeting people. And the thing is you don't want to say, hey, I'm Megan. Um, I heard you work at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know if there's anything open? Like, can you get me a job there? Yeah. Because do that's that. super off-putting. The thing you mm-hmm. want to do is... Ask them about how they got their job, where they started. People love talking about themselves. And then you build that relationship and you learn a ton yeah. about the industry and the company. A thousand percent. And honestly, like when you do do that, people know you're asking because you want to work there. Yeah. But it also shows that you're taking genuine interest in the company and their position, maybe their department. It's more than just like, I want to work for you because it's Disney and I want to work for Disney. Like maybe you talk to them and you're like, Oh, I don't think that's really something I want to do. Like it's valuable for both parties. And even if they don't have a position open at that time, maybe they will Mm -hmm. a couple months down the line and they'll be like, Oh, I talked to that girl or guy and they were really, really nice. And they seem competent. Like maybe I'll reach out to them or you can periodically reach out to them and see what's kind of going on. It just doesn't. And I, I get it, man. I hate yeah. networking. It is one of my least favorite things to do. I like can be very, I get really bad social anxiety and my dad would always just be like, just go get your face out in front of people. Like get your name out there. Just talk to people. But people always end up being so nice. People like, want to help. They want to help. My stepmom had like such a, a really like a very successful career in her industry and people reach out to her on LinkedIn all the time and specifically like young people. She always at least will have some sort of digital communication with them. You know, if she can't meet with them in person, like she'll schedule a phone call with them or send us some emails back and forth. Like people want to help. They want to share their knowledge and their experiences. Mm-hmm. And it always <clears throat> ends up being like a, a good experience. I've never had a negative networking experience. I would, I agree with that. And I would, the other thing I would say, if you are someone who went to college or goes to college, 
the whole reason you're paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, I think yeah. I've said this before on the podcast, is not just to go to class and do your homework and get good grades. Um, I think I've said in the past, it's to like join clubs and meet people and all of that. But part of that is also the opportunities that your university gives you in terms of careers. So like mm-hmm. Chapman, specifically Dodge, has a bunch of alumni, um, like mixers in LA because Dodge is like a film school and so a lot of us are in LA mm-hmm. and I went to one like probably a month and a half ago now and I really didn't want to go <laughs> I like networking but those events are just they can feel like really awkward and forced sometimes yeah. especially when you don't know anyone mm-hmm. but I went Someone started talking to me right away, which was great. There was this panel of people who talked about their careers, and we could ask questions. And it was so busy, I didn't end up talking to the girl who works in in my field. But I messaged her afterwards on LinkedIn, being like, hey, I saw you. Like, I was at this panel. Um, I saw you speak. I didn't get the chance to talk to you, but, like, I would love to hang out with you. I didn't say hang out, but like love to, <laughs> to love to learn thing. more. Yeah. Um, and she was like, Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. And so, and now we're hanging out and like, she's at a company that I want to work for. And like, it's literally just those little interactions that form bonds because exactly, even though this girl doesn't know me exactly now I'm going to meet her and she's going to be like, when there's a job open, she's going to be like, Oh, this girl, I talked to this girl and she was cool. If she likes me. Yeah. <laughs> And she was cool. And she goes to Chapman. People love, like, alumni stuff. People do, yeah. And Chapman's even, like, a smaller school. If you went to, a, if you go to or you went to an yeah. even bigger school, then all the more power to you. Because, yeah. I don't know, there's something people really like. It's, like, the in-group versus the out-group. It's yeah. something that causes so much strife in our yeah. society. But also, in a case like this, use it to your advantage. Totally. Like, if you were in the same sorority or fraternity or club as someone... At, even at different schools, like, I've had people reach out to me online that were like, I was a Gamma Phi, da-da-da, and it's like, for some reason, you're, like, instantly a little bit bonded with that person because you yeah. have that shared experience, um, and I think that is the most valuable tip in the job hunt, even though it's a sucky one, it's a good one, but it's it sucks because you're like, okay, so no people, because if you're coming from, like, mm-hmm. where I am, where <laughs> I'm trying to work in entertainment, I'm from Chicago, I don't have big connections out here, it seems so daunting because you're like damn, how do I meet people? And it's it's really just trial and error and not taking it personally if someone yeah. doesn't respond to your message because they don't have to. Yeah, and I, just a little anecdote to, I guess, wrap up my thoughts on this was I got lunch with one of my coworkers who's been in the industry forever um, and she's like a high-level exec, has worked at a ton of studios and I was talking to her about like what she's done, what I want to do, everything else. And um, personally, I want to work at a studio and like be a publicist there. And so I was talking to her about that and I was saying, yeah, you know, like it was just so difficult when I was a senior, I was applying to all these positions that I felt like I was really qualified for and just not even getting an interview. And Mm -hmm. she was like, in my 40 years of working in the industry, I've never heard of someone getting a job off of like an online application. Yeah. She was like, assistant positions open up every single week. I feel like I hear about a new assistant position, but you're not going to get them from applying online. So just like, let me know when you want one. And Mm -hmm. That was such a, I think from one perspective, you can look at it in a discouraging way because you're like, well, how am I supposed to get a job then? But you just have to rewire things to where it's like, okay, well, that's not how you get a job. You get a job by talking to people. Don't even worry about these online applications where you have to re-enter your resume information, even though you already formatted a cute resume and change your cover letter and all that stuff. It's so much easier to just talk to someone Mm -hmm. and, like, forget about these computers and keywords and whatever else. And also, I think, kind of moving forward with this conversation, but also still talking about this a little bit, I think it's so important to, like, not get discouraged with this process because chances are, like, your first person you network or meet with, like, it's not going to stick. There's going to be... And that doesn't mean that person doesn't care and they don't want to help you. It's just, like, people also have their own jobs you have to get comfortable with kind of being a pest if you really want to work for somebody. Like, keep your name in their head. And I'm not saying text them every single day or email them, but, like, even if, like, you meet someone, a fine line, hey uh, (laughs) in March, like, start and you want to work for their company but nothing's open at that time, like, 
keep track of what's going on on their yeah. job website. Send them an email once every two, three, four weeks just to check in and update them on what you're doing. Like, make sure that you're still progressing in your career individually, but yeah. also check, make sure they know you're doing that and keep yeah. them informed what you're doing. Keep your name fresh in their mind. I think that's the biggest mistake I've made is like, I've had connections at companies that I really wanted to work for and I kind of let them fall to the wayside. Um, and I've ended up in like a, a situation that was good for me regardless. But like, I think I could be working at, you know, my dream company if I wanted to be, if I had like pushed hard enough on it. But I always was like, oh, I don't want to bother her. I don't want to be annoying. But it's right. like, it's not annoying. People forget like all the time. How many times does someone text you, you forget to respond and then <laughs> they text you a week later and you're like, oh my God, fuck. I totally yeah. forgot to do that thing for that person, you know, or I forgot to respond to that text. It's as simple as that, like people getting caught up in their own lives and if you're really annoying someone, like, they'll tell you to screw off. Uh, yeah. You know? Or and they'll then just at that ghost point, you. They'll ghost you. Or at that point, you can be like, okay, well, now I know. Like, they don't want me bothering them. But I would never assume you're bothering someone right. if they've taken the time in the past to meet with you. Like, just assume the best in people in this yeah. scenario for your own sake. Because yeah. I think I've done the opposite. Not assume the worst, but I just have felt like I didn't want to be annoying. And yeah. I think it held me back from pursuing things as hard as I could have to like get the results I wanted. Mel and I also both got our jobs through networking and I was just thinking about it right now. And I think all of the interviews I had, not for internships, that's a little bit different, but for jobs, I think all the interviews I had were through like even a small connection, Mm -hmm. like a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever. So yeah, there's that. I I mean, I truly, I got my job because I interned there and like, Mm -hmm. And to play into your other point, I got the internship originally because I didn't get it over the summer that I originally applied. And then fall came up and I literally just kept emailing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, like, just want to check in again. Yeah. Um, and then actually totally. when they reached out about an interview for a full-time job as well, they, they're they so busy. My bosses are super busy, so it makes sense. But I had to keep being like, hey, just wanted to follow up on this. I just wanted to check yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, that's... And it worked out. Like, anybody... And again, I'm regurgitating advice that's been said to me in the past. So, you know, don't, don't think I'm like a woke genius or anything, but yet you are. <laughs> I try to be my own way, but, um, I think anybody who is a person worth working for will probably see the persistence as something that's really admirable. And like, okay, this person really wants to work here. Yeah. Not, oh, they're so annoying. It's more like, wow, I'm going to talk to this person minimally at least because they've taken the time to prove to me that they want this job at this company. Um, And I think that's why there's so much value in networking over just mass applying because, like, I, one day, I remember over spring break, I applied (laughs) to, like, 30 different jobs on, like, LinkedIn, like, easy, whatever it is. The best but also the worst. The best but also the worst because it's, like, I heard back from none of those jobs. And now, like... I'm in a different place where also doing research on the best resources for your field. Like I found out in entertainment, there's a thing called the UTA job list. I didn't fucking know what that was. (laughs) And that place has way more accurate job listings of what's currently out there and what people are looking for and how to get your resume actually in someone's inbox. Yeah. Rather than just like in some server where no one's ever going to look at it, you know? Yep. Also, I think just to that point, um, just like a brief thing we wanted to touch on is it's a lot easier to find a job when you have a job or a job offer. And kind of what I mean by that is, yes, it's like you have more experience to talk about and more real world applicable things. But I'm thinking of, in my case, I started interning at the place that I now work. So when I was applying for jobs and eventually ended up working for the same company, it was just a lot easier to feel more relaxed, you know, and like, a little bit more confident in myself. I had more experience. I had more talking points. But also, when you are employed somewhere, like, if you are looking to make a career move, it's easier to find a job when you have a job because you know, like, if I don't get this job or I don't get this interview, I still have a job on Monday that hopefully you don't hate. Um, it's, it's like the energy... <laughs> I'm going to sound like a hippie. No, go for it. Um, the up. You Are a Badass book that I love so much um, kind of talks about something like this, and I haven't read it in like a year now, so I can't quite remember what it is, but it's something along the lines of like, um, in the same vein of, you know, like when you're least expecting things and like, you Mm -hmm. never know what's right around the corner. It's like, because you have these like chill, comfortable, like 
good vibes where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm hoping for something else. Like, it's okay if it doesn't work out, you know? Like, yeah, I have this I'm to back up. not on it. Yeah, when you're, like, putting these, like, good things out into the universe and you're not super stressed and, like, mm-hmm. whatever else about it, like, the universe yeah. is hippie, but the universe is, like, gonna <laughs> give agree. that back to you. And it yeah. really is one of those things where, like, I, I was driving home from graduation with no semblance of a job and mm-hmm. I checked my email like as we were leaving mm-hmm. and I had an email out of basically nowhere I hadn't heard from them in six months from my current job being like yeah we'd love to meet with you and yeah. I was like what who <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah a hundred percent and so I think it's something like that where like when you're just yeah it takes the pre- like when you're not putting so much pressure on it it's like a watch pot never boils too kind of yeah. Like, when you're putting <laughs> so much pressure into it. I think it, that's exactly it. It's so, like, everything feels like life or death. And I know even for me, just getting this internship at the place that I now work, there were, there was not a job or a position open there when I started entering there. I had no expectation of being there for anything longer mm-hmm. than, like, a typical amount of internship time. Like, I was still, I was like, I'm going to stay here for, like, a couple months so I can have this on my resume. It's a great experience. I like the company. I like the people. But I'm going to, like, keep applying to jobs. And just literally one day out of nowhere, they were like, a job opened up. Like, do you want it? I think that is something to keep in mind, too, um, that you just said about how... (laughs) I've been so long-winded today. But about how um, oftentimes this process, like, 99% of the time, (laughs) it's not personal. Um, Yeah. And it really is those things where, like, is there a position available? Yeah. Even when they're posting them online, they kind of usually already have someone in mind right like yeah it's not like oh we don't want to hire mel it's like well we don't really have room for mel right now yeah and and then something pops up and it's like let's call mel (laughs) yeah that's exactly what happened like i was interning there and doing a good job even though i wasn't paid and i was like coming to work every day and working the same amount of hours as everybody else there like Mm -hmm. it's just working my butt off and so when the second a job opened up they were like well obviously we're gonna offer it to her first because she's, like, proven that she's a good worker and whatever. Um, and I think there's so much value in that. Like, even when you don't have, you know, a job, mm-hmm. keeping it positive, putting yeah. your all into whatever it is you are doing. And I think that's a big thing, too, is, like, get a summer job. Like, get go spend your time doing something. <laughs> I think having any job when you don't, when you're looking for a career job, is better than having no job. Because it gives you a place to be mm-hmm. on a frequent basis. It gives you a source of income and, like, a sense of pride. And I just think if you're looking for a job, you kind of need those things. Because yeah. I, speaking from really personal experience, and I've, like, never been so open about this with anybody, but I'll just be open about it here. <laughs> I took kind of the summer off. One, because I sort of needed to, because the end of college was like very much crushing for me in a way I didn't expect it to be like I feel like I was losing my childhood a little bit and I was like stuck in my college town for two months until I moved out here and a lot of my friends had left and it was just like a very topsy-turvy kind of a summer and I my dad kept being like you need to just get a job like a part-time job I don't give a shit what it is like Mm -hmm. I know you're not going to really apply to a real job because you're moving in a couple weeks and whatever but like get some sort of job where you can be somewhere every day and I didn't do it which is totally my bad. But, like, by the time I got out to L.A. and I was staying with my brother, there were two weeks where I literally just cried every single day. Like, my self-worth had gone from, I don't know what it was, but to just zero. Because I was like, I can't get a job. I feel like I'm a failure. Like, I'm just sad. I feel like I have nothing to offer the world. And looking back on it, it's like, even just having, like, a part-time job in some place that... I could go to every day where I felt like I was, I had a reason to get up in the morning. Like, I don't have a depressed type of personality naturally, so I was depressed. Like, I've never experienced that in my life. And I've been through, like, major breakups and, like, a divorce. But for some reason, like, this shit is what broke me so hard. And the biggest piece of advice I have is, like, that's why I say it's easier to get a job when you find a job when you have a job. Because Mm -hmm. just merely the fact that, like, you're confidence and self-esteem will be better going into the interview process like I'm sure when I was going into interviews and applying to jobs like I probably came across so like I didn't even believe in myself because I didn't at that point and Mm -hmm. I think even something as simple as like having a part-time job or joining a club or something that would have given me sort of a purpose every day would have made an immense amount of difference so 
I think a couple of tips in there too is like we were talking about the internships. Internships frequently, unfortunately, are unpaid, which mm-hmm. is a whole nother bone I have to pick with the capitalism. World? Yeah, but um, true. but um, if you can, just I would say just send it. Like take the unpaid internship Do and it. get a part time job Do and it. like just hustle for that semester, mm-hmm. even if you're not in college. You know, for those three four months, whatever it is. Yeah. Because that's going to be so good for you. And the other thing is, if you're looking for something to do, um, like what you were just saying about like getting a part-time job or whatever you're doing, a great thing to do that I love doing is volunteering. Like finding yeah. something that you're really passionate about that isn't just... I mean, unless you're passionate about, I guess, like sorting clothes. <laughs> but like, I- that isn't just sorting clothes at a thrift shop. Yeah. But like going out and connecting with people like at a soup kitchen or mm-hmm. like... Um, Even if it's like once a week. Yeah. Or once oh, every two you, weeks, you know? That's all you need, right? Yeah. And I think that is something that can um, bring a lot of, like, worth, worthful feelings to you. Yeah, I think um, that's, that's... something I like doing. I totally agree with that. And I, it's good energy. It is good energy, and it's just, like, the best thing... I feel like in order to get a job, the first and foremost, the number one thing you need to take care of is your self-worth and self-esteem, mm-hmm. because if you don't feel good about yourself and you don't feel like you deserve the job... You're not going to fucking get it, period. Like, that is all over your face in an interview. If Mm -hmm. you are coming... Because if you don't feel good about yourself, you're going to be nervous. You're going to, like, stammer and seem like you don't have a good answer. Even if you do. Like, even if you're well overqualified for the job, which in this day and age with entry-level jobs, you probably are overqualified and could do it in your sleep, a lot of them. But, like, you need to come across confident and whatnot. And I think a big part of the whole job search and getting a job is taking care of yourself and making sure that you are confident and reminding yourself like even if you have a setback or you you don't get a job you wanted or you don't get an interview you don't hear back you get ghosted whatever like it's not personal chances are if you don't get an interview or whatever they might not have ever even seen your resume like never take it personally never think of it as a knock on you always move on to like there's always another opportunity right around the corner I was also just thinking about another thing you could be doing. And, like, in this day and age, there's so much at your fingertips. If you see jobs that you want and you realize you don't have one of those skills, because you probably are overqualified, but there's mm-hmm. also a lot of, like, little there's qualifications sometimes where learn. you're like, oh, yeah. wait, do I know how to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, go on Skillshare or YouTube or whatever and learn how to do these things. Mm-hmm. And also, in interviews, because I feel like a lot of why people get hired is not necessarily, like, solely technically based on their skills, right? Mm-hmm. Like... A lot of it is vibe and how you like talk to someone. So doing these things and having a part-time job and volunteering and learning new skills, you're gonna have all these things to talk to someone about, and they're gonna be like, "This person's cool." Yeah, Uh, (laughs) they're gonna want you to come in. Wholeheartedly, I agree with that. My PR internship that I had this summer between my junior and senior year, I was referred there by like a mutual connection, which helped me get the interview. But I honestly think the reason I got the job is because the woman who interviewed me was the woman who I'd be directly working with. And we vibed so well. Like we didn't, we barely talked about the job. We ended up just getting lost in these conversations on other things. And I had zero PR experience, zero reason to be in that room other than that I had a connection and like I had done other things that like warranted, you know, an internship interview. But I think she picked me merely because she just really liked me. And so we hit it off the whole summer. And I think that's even my my internship that turned into a job now. Like, I had no entertainment experience. I think they just liked me. And, like, right off the bat, I worked really hard and proved that, like, yeah. even if I don't know something, I'm going to, A, be a positive source of energy in the office and B, work really hard to learn. And I think that's why they chose to hire me for the job. Someone just, like, has to give you a chance. I think, like... Yeah, I see a lot of resumes come through uh, of people like applying to my company that I forward to like my bosses. And it's truly just, I'm like pretty passionate about the job hunt and like helping people <laughs> find jobs and things like that. But um, I see these resumes and it truly is just very impersonal. I have no clue about anything mm-hmm. about this person besides um, their name and some work history and maybe whatever else they include on the resume. Yeah. Even if you make it pretty and colorful, which I do, but, like, even if you make your <laughs> resume cool, like, yeah, I'm probably going to look at it a little, bit, a, like, a little bit longer, but I'm still, like... It's still a piece of paper. Okay, like, forwarding that. I don't know what's going to happen. Right? Yeah. Like, That's why the connections matter so much, because yeah. it, it is... It's really so not personal at all. It like, isn't. we're, you know... I've had to look at interviews or resumes for several jobs and internships I've had, 
and like it's so hard to know other than just merely on a fact-based level like you could be the coolest person in the world with the best personality and even if you're not the most qualified be the best fit there all they have to work off of is this piece of paper yeah no you know so that's why the connections are so important but going off of that if you are sending your resume in somewhere for the love of god like please proofread it and <laughs> make sure that it's you putting your best foot forward because i've seen some jank like resumes that i was shocked people would send in before the one that, that always like, gets what? me i know there's worse things but when the resume is longer than one page i'm like stop it yeah that's the thing and <laughs> that's i the one that gets me to the death not to the death but i i was did not want to make my resume shorter than like i didn't want to shorten it down to one page at one point mm-hmm. and i was just like i have so much to say da, da, da. and then i really thought about it and it was like they don't have time to read two pages of your resume. They don't care. They're not going to flip it over I don't and look be at like the second page. And the stuff I had on the second page was dinky anyway, so there was really no reason for me to be holding on to it with such force, but Quality, I was not quantity. It is. Yeah. And sometimes that means just cutting things out of your resume altogether. Like yeah. if you really want to write about like this one experience you had that was so beneficial, great. If you had another one that like wasn't as beneficial, don't keep it on there just cuz you did it. Yeah. Like focus on highlight the things that you really got experience and from like delve and can into talk those. about like yeah really go into them like my resume I know has been for a while now like I'll have I have like five bullet points for one of my internships and one internship that I remember I only had one bullet point for and eventually I was like fuck this I'm just taking <laughs> it off like it's yeah. not serving me just because I did it like if they ask me what I did between the summer of my sophomore and junior year I'll say I did this but like it didn't do anything for my resume I'd rather yeah. have another bullet point for this internship that really gave me something so that too like even though I, connections are more important because oftentimes we are only going off of resumes at first make sure it's Keep your materials good. good And I know good is so subjective. I've heard so many different things from different people, but just research what's normal um, in your industry and, and Google has a lot of resources. Your career center has a lot Mm -hmm. of resources. Um, Your friends have a lot of resources, like have people read it and whatever else. That's the best way to refine it, I think. And like, this is not a like week long process. Of course you can better it in a a week, in a day, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't, I don't think my resume was like a good resume Mm -hmm. until senior year. So like four or five years of me using it. Dude, my resume wasn't good until this summer. You have to like, you have to tailor that, you know? Legitimately. From, I I had an informational interview with a woman at a company, who worked at a company I wanted to work for. Mm -hmm. And she was like... I really like the content of your resume, but I think you need to change this, this, and this. And I changed it, and, like, I look at my old resume now, and I'm like, <laughs> that thing was ugly, A, but also it just had, it had no personality and no, it wasn't interesting to look at. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't look at it and think, I want to read this. Yeah. And quite frankly, like, yeah, the colors and stuff are important as well, but organization and stuff is almost yeah. more important, like, how you lay out the information. Because if I look at your resume and I'm like, this looks like a long-ass page of a book and I'm bored mm-hmm. already... Why am I going to really want to read it? I think another thing I'm thinking about now is how a lot of this is luck too and like kind of the energy you're putting out into the world. But I remember I, my internship with Sony, I got because um, my resume was pink. (laughs) And my resume is pink because of Legally Blonde. (laughs) And my boss hired me because her my resume made her think of Legally Blonde. That is... <laughs> didn't hire me, but she gave me an interview because mm-hmm. she because she was like, okay, seems like she has experience. Also, love the pink. Like, we ended up talking about it when I worked there. Yeah. So I it's think... things like that where it's just like, you really do not know. That's very true. I think a word of caution before we move on from the subject uh, on the whole color thing, though, is also keep in mind what your resume is going to look like printed out because 95% of the time they are going to print it out if they interview you. And if the colors are weird and they can't read it, that's not good. Because mm-hmm. I had a, a, such a pretty resume. I made it all colorful and it was my baby and I printed it out and I was like, oh, you can't read this for shit. And then I had to change it. So mine's only black and white right now, which doesn't reflect my personality <laughs> as much as I'd like it to. But I had to keep in mind that like they normally print those things out and they need yeah. to be able to read it. And oh, also don't well. put your photo on your resume. I don't yeah, know how you feel about that, but stop no, it. No, don't do that. Don't put your photo, don't put your address. Like you don't need Maybe to have Maybe your city. It on- yeah, if you want it, but, like, it, I was told in my senior seminar class that we shouldn't put our, like, photo or address 
anything like that on our resume because it's like, like design. If you're applying to a job in New York and you're willing to move to New York, why do they need to know that you live in Los Angeles? That's true. They don't fucking need to know. They'll ask if also, they need to know. I just said don't put designs. If you're a graphic designer, obviously go crazy. But yeah. otherwise don't put designs. If you're applying to work in like accounting, yeah, your resume should be like pretty Black straightforward. And- <coughs> if you're applying to work in graphic design or something super creative <coughs> like that, yeah, add some add some sugar and spice in there, you know? But it doesn't need to, it's it's definitely very personal, but overall, I think organization is the biggest key on that one. Yeah, truly. Moving forward from that. So, we just want to talk about like why as a combination of all the things we just said, why your first job isn't everything, and I think people so often put so much pressure on your yeah. first job or if you're trying to switch fields like or industries what your first job in that new field is and it's it truly doesn't matter like if it's an entry-level job no matter how old you are whether it's your first job or you're going into a new field like it's kind of a take what you can get kind of a thing like not you know don't have no standards for yourself if you know you deserve more but like you're just trying to get experience you're trying to learn you're trying to grow you're not trapped like my biggest fear going into job applications was like i don't want to be trapped somewhere and end up there and wake up in five years and hate my career path. like that's not gonna fucking happen mm-hmm. that's also like i know something that our parents generation kind of did a lot but they also didn't have as much of a choice you know i, um, I hate to say it but they didn't my at our like major end of year graduation whatever party mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the professors in my program said like don't just take the first thing yeah don't do that. that comes to you because you're I know you're stressed out right now and you're thinking like oh god I just need something but if you just take the first thing that comes to you just because it's the first thing that comes to you yeah you're gonna get into that and think oh I'll work here for a little bit and then I'll switch but I'll just work here for money for a little bit to get a start mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. You're going to get complacent. You're going to get comfortable. You're going to get busy with, like, life and things like that. And then in five to ten years, you're going to think, wait, this isn't actually what I want to do. And you're going to have to start all over. So totally opposite of what I just said. (laughs) No, but I feel like it plays into it because... If that's your personality type, yeah, that's not my personality Because it's type. a balance, though. Because if you're just taking the first thing, like... For- yeah, ignore what... It, don't take what you can get. That's terrible advice. But go ahead. Well, but take what you can get, like, in what you want to be doing. Yeah, is, I okay, feel like yes, the thing. Because, correct. so for example, my major was PR, so he was talking about that. There are so many different fields of PR. Mm-hmm. I got plenty of offers in PR in, like just the most random industries that were of no interest to me that sounded horrible, Mm -hmm. but they were there and they were going to give me money Mm -hmm. and like it was a job. Yeah. And I could have totally gone into that like and accepted a job weeks before or months before I ever Mm -hmm. got this one. But, but like holding out and getting into this, which is not my dream job, which is not where, you know, I'm trying to like, Stay yeah. for the rest of my life, like our parents probably did. Mm-hmm. But it's a good place to start, and like I, I will. It wasn't just the first thing. It gives that came you a to platform me. to continue to grow into where you want to be. I think is kind of what you're trying to say. Yeah. Like, it might not be your dream job, but it's aligned with what you want to do. You're gonna learn skills and take away, you know, things from this job that you can use to put towards getting where you really want to be in the industry mm-hmm. and I agree I think look I'm the fucking queen of not settling for the first job you get because <laughs> I could have probably very easily had a bajillion job offers like I majored in something very broad in general there were a lot of different avenues I could have gone down but I was like I want to do entertainment specifically music yeah. and I'm not in music right now and I will be someday but I'm not right now um and I think That's why I say not take what you can get, but, like, I tortured myself trying to get into this industry that luckily I, like, literally shit dumb luck that I got this internship and now I'm in this industry and can be a part of it. But, like, the main thing when I was trying to get into it was, like, you don't have entertainment experience. No, no, no. And every job I applied to it was just, like, no for that reason, no matter what I had done in the past. Um, And I think that's why I got to a point of being so fucking broken about it because I was taking like the sheer volume of rejection I was taking was like whoa baby it was a lot and I think that I probably would have been better served to at a certain point like just apply to a, a communication job even if it wasn't in entertainment like the thing is yeah 
if that's your personality to just get into a job and be stuck there, then be aware of that. Super not my personality. So I, I won't be stuck anywhere, even if I decide in two months I hate this, which I won't. But if for some reason I decided to, like, I would just switch. Yeah. Um, but that's, like, very much who I am as a person. And I'm, like, not complacent. I think neither one of us are. And I think we've kind of covered that on this podcast in the past. I was going to say, too, like, I totally have friends who just, um, who just, like, want a job. Who just want to get paid and, like, live their life. And, and that's so and that fine. Is, yeah. And if that's, that's separate. good for you, like, that is totally <laughs> fine. We are not those people, obviously. Like, we have very specific career goals. Um, you know, Megan's going to be the CEO of Disney someday. Thank you very much. I'm going to be the CEO of hopefully some music-based company. Who knows? Um, but I think it's just like, there's, so there's a middle ground. You don't want to take the first job you're offered just to have a job to be secure. I think a lot of people make that mistake and I think it's kind of a trap. Like Mm -hmm. if you can get one job offer, great. You can probably get four more. Like Mm -hmm. if you can go that far in an interview process and impress people enough don't be like, this is my job now. Like, I'm just going to take it yeah. to take it. Like, give yourself a little bit more credit for what you can receive um, and what you're worth. But, but I also think don't, like, don't do what I did. <laughs> and, like, I mean, I, again, I keep saying that, but, like, it worked out. Like, I ended up where I wanted to be. It was just don't do what I did unless you're prepared to take the emotional beating that comes with it. Because... What did you... Like, what did you do, though? Because you... I just... I know, but I... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's a good point. I I set my sights on entertainment, even though I didn't necessarily have, like, you know, I had PR experience, and so I had some, you know, value to offer there, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in entertainment. I knew I wanted to be in music, but I didn't really know where. I still don't know 100% where. I don't like to put myself in a box like that, um, because you never know what opportunities can arise, clearly. But I just kind of, like... I was chugging forward and I was like, I'm not taking a job until it's in entertainment. Like I refuse to just like throw in the towel. And even when I would have conversations with my dad of like, fuck it, I'm just going to get a job in communications somewhere. Like I just didn't, <laughs> I, yeah. like, I would have like renewed confidence the next day. And it was really, really hard. And I'm so lucky to like be in a place with my family where my dad was able to like support me and chose to believe in me during that time. And it kind of gave me some leeway because I you know, gotten a lot of scholarship money in college and worked my butt off. And I think he wanted to support me in that. Not everyone is in that position. And I think that's important to acknowledge. But like, I put myself through the ringer and I did not have to, but I chose to because it was important to me. And I think that's why I brought up the other point is like, there's that balance where you don't just want to take the first thing mm-hmm. that's given to you because like oftentimes life just happens and you, you yeah. might just stay there. Um, and it's hard to get out of that. But at the same time, yeah, your first job is not going to be the be all end all you're going to start in an assistant position <laughs> or something um, of the equivalent. you're going to start in an entry-level position that's mm-hmm. just that and I get you just came off your senior year or whatever like <laughs> you came off like this peak and you're starting at the bottom again but that's just how it is mm-hmm. and it's not bad oftentimes it's good because you don't want to get burnt out you don't want to start totally. with your dream company or your dream what. Well, it's hard to start with a dream position, but your dream company. What you perceive as your dream position in right. your dream company. And then be like, and in five years be like, uh, well, now what? Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's something really humbling, but also motivating about being in a job that's not your dream job. Because it's like, yeah, I could have gotten, like, a marketing coordinator position at, like, Universal Music Group. But then what the fuck am I, like, what are my goals from there at Mm -hmm. 22? You know, that would never happen. (laughs) But, like, let's say for some reason it did. And I don't even know if that's, like, my dream job, but I'm just using that as an example. Mm -hmm. Like, then what, you know, then I'm there and I did it. And after Mm -hmm. six months to a year, it's like, what am I working towards now? Like, it's kind of, it's a double-edged sword getting your dream, working at your dream company or whatever. Because if you do it right off the bat then you kind of have to reassess like, okay, now what's my new goal? Whereas like, we still kind of have that path, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I think I got pretty lucky because I'm not in my dream position. Obviously it's like entry level, mm -hmm. but I got pretty lucky with like my company, my industry that like this is basically exactly what I want to be doing for now in my life. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it's exactly what I want to be doing. But there's still room for growth. But there's still room for growth. And like, because I'm, because I want to work in a studio, but I'm starting at an agency, I'm getting a ton of like hands-on experience and like more of this just behind the scenes experience that I wouldn't necessarily be getting at a studio. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I have this room to like bounce off of. And even though we're talking about entertainment, this is in every field, right? In every field, 100%. Um, I think it's, 
people always want to have something flashy because because we live in the social media area and it's all bullshit <laughs> yeah and like there's there is a lot of pressure on like oh god like what job i need to get a job like whatever else yeah. but like odds are you're you're gonna get a job and you're gonna get a cooler job in 10 years so like yeah. don't worry about it i owe tea on that <laughs> i don't know where that came from much. but like it's true no it's so true it's just like be i think because we live in the era of social media people put so much worth yeah. in that first job and being able to post and be like i work at nasa yeah. and it's just like okay and what about it like yeah. the honest to god truth is like you as an empl- one of 10 employees at a small company are going to get way more experience as an entry-level person than blah 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 at like a big company most likely and that doesn't mean that one option is better than another but it's like there's pros and cons like that person walks away with a name brand on their resume great Mm -hmm. hopefully some experience too you might walk away with really valuable experience Mm -hmm. and like your ideas might be taken more seriously your voice might be more heard in a smaller company that's not as well known and that's like been my experience to a T. Like I, I'm an assistant there technically, but I don't get treated like an assistant. Like I'm yeah. not delivering people's mail and that's my only job, which at any other agency, if I started out in one of the big three, five agencies, like you'd you'd, I'd room. have to start in the mail room, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's such a valuable experience in mm-hmm. a different way. It's, just, it's just two different, different avenues of learning yeah. the industry. Exactly. And I'm learning it from like a very different standpoint than all of those people. And there's value in that for me and for other people too. It just kind of depends on your, your life. <laughs> okay. So final thoughts, um, <laughs> basically how to get a job, talk to people, reach out to people. If you're putting that much time into spamming your like resume to a bunch of online applications, put that mm-hmm. much energy into like spamming people's inboxes. Yeah, maybe. Like why not? Mm-hmm. Um, that is truly the way to live life and also to get a job. Turns out. Yeah. Um, hopefully you make some friends along the way and you mm-hmm. meet some really cool people. Mm-hmm. So definitely do that. Um, yeah, make sure your resume is only one page and your face isn't <laughs> on it. <laughs> um, and just know that like. Things are going to fall in place. Um, frankly, I don't know if it, it was you that said this. Someone phrased it in a really good way, but like things are going to fall into place because they have to. They just do. They always do. Yeah. Um, that's very true. I, and I hope I'm the person that said that, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it was. I read it in a different form in a book, and then someone else said it that way, where mm-hmm. things just... Things just... Things work out. Work out. They, they just do. Work and out. even whether if it you takes see it that way or not. Whether it takes longer than you think, um, mm-hmm. they work out and you're gonna find something. Truly, I'm sorry, I know you hate to hear me say it, but like when you least expect it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have to hustle and do stuff you don't want to do for a little bit, but but that's that's part that's of the what journey. your twenties are for. <laughs> Build some resilience and, and pride. Like now having the job that I have means so much more to me because I look back on like those four to six months where I was miserable and I felt like shit and I never could have foreseen like now I'm in this place where I'm really getting valuable experience and it's awesome and like mm-hmm. you never know how it's have you, did you ever see that picture of the guy that's like digging for a diamond and he's like one chip yes. away from oh, getting there it's like you you never know how close yeah. you are to your goal or getting what you want or you desire and if you give up right at the last you could be giving up right at the last second you could be one day one step one Mm -hmm. interview one resume send away and you'll never know so it's just like my final thoughts are be resilient like don't get overwhelmed do not take things personally you're not a failure like you're doing great if you're Mm -hmm. getting up every day and sending out you know one application or trying to reach out to one person at work like with you're doing a good job like just keep going it's really, it gets hard to, because at a certain point you start to feel like, when is this going to happen? But like Megan said, it's going to happen because it's, it always works out in some form. And even if you can't see it, maybe it's working out in the long run and you don't even know it yet. Mm-hmm. So keep going. Um, I had something else I wanted to say. 2020 oh, hindsight. 2020 hindsight, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, be yourself, I think, is mm-hmm. the most, the best piece of advice I can give. And I actually just talked to my dad about this today, but like, be yourself because when you're going to be working at this place, you're going to be yourself every day. And like, it doesn't do you any good to put on some facade in an interview or on a phone call or in a networking, yeah. like inter- informational interview or whatever it is, because you're not going to be that person every day forever. So be yourself <laughs> and 
find a company that wants you for who you are and that you want to be in as you are, I think. Because if you have to, like, be some other version of yourself to work there and to get a job there, like, you not don't want to work there. That's not fun. Like, you're always going to be on edge. Like, find your place. Yeah. And you will find it. Follow your arrow. And that's that on that. Hopefully, best of luck to you if you're looking for a job yeah. or going to start looking for a job soon. Talk to We're us rooting if you need for help. You. Yeah, hit us up in the DMs. I'm more we'll than happy to... We'll network with you. We will totally network with you. And we're more than happy to have any personal conversations about it. I yeah. think if anyone wants has any questions or wants advice, we've both had very different experiences in this, and I think it's it's valuable. So. And if you need our socials to do that, <laughs> our Instagram is what your twenties are for. Mine is Miagin. And mine is Melanie DeAndrea. No underscore, unlike Megan said last week. Sorry. <laughs> um. um <and> yeah, it's <laughs> Street Fine Line by Harry Styles. Mm, what else? Uh, <laughs> happy holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Whatever you this celebrate. Is our last episode. Happy New oh, Year. Oh, sorry. Merry Christmas. Be Merry Christmas correct. for me. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully, if you get to go and like spend time with family, yes. go and appreciate that time. Put your phone down, other than listening to this podcast, put your phone down and like spend time with the people you love, whether that's friends, family, dogs. I don't know. The great outdoors. People in soup kitchens that you're helping, whoever yeah. you love. We will be back in the new year. So happy new year. We're very excited. We're going to start bringing some guests on. So look forward to that. And, and share this with your friends and family when you go home. You're going to yeah. see some new people. Happy Not holidays, new people, everybody. <laughs> Talk to you in 2020. Love you. Bye.